Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Breda Pest Management, the official pest control of UGA Athletics. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adam. If you watch or listen to the show on a regular basis, there's something you've heard me say before. You know, we are obviously Georgia football fans, but I'm also just kind of a sports fan in general. I like following sports. And for my entire life, this sort of seemed like it's always been true. And probably you noticed the same thing. There is some excitement in sports when it comes to rookies. I'm a Braves fan. You've got a couple of Braves right now who are kind of battling it out to be rookie of the year. You know, Michael Harris, Mitch Strider, guys like that. And throughout the years, the Braves have had these like sort of rookie phenoms that sort of emerge. And there's always something really exciting about a rookie. You know, in the NFL season, you're watching that. Even if it's not your team, there's this curiosity that sort of emerges sometimes of, well, who's going to be rookie of the year? Who's the best rookie? I, you know, I grew up collecting like football cards, and baseball cards, and things like that. And so we always sort of gravitate towards the rookies and that market and there's just something about young players stepping on the scene and playing really well that just kind of seems to transcend whatever sport whatever year we're always just sort of interested in young stars in sports I don't really quite know why we're so attracted to that I guess it's probably just anything new seems interesting and I would say that college football is no different on that you know Georgia fans love their great players but there is something especially interesting when one of those great players is a young guy when a guy who we kind of followed as a recruit, when he had a big recruiting label next to him, oftentimes five-star type guys, when those guys step on the field and they contribute right away, there's just something really cool about that. And I would say this also kind of goes beyond just fan reaction. You know, we get energized by that. But I think that new blood also has the potential to energize a team, too. I think it makes practices more spirited. You take a roster that's already talented and you put some other guys talented in there as well. And all of a sudden there's a competition for playing time. There's a battle during practice reps. And all of a sudden it's not just spice added to the fan enjoyment of this, but that's a pretty spicy mixture for the team as it gets ready for games there, too. Anytime you add more talent, new talent, fresh talent, hungry talent into an already talented roster, I think there's something really good about that too so this i believe is the perfect time to talk about this you know what the state of play is for georgia right now sec game against vanderbilt on saturday georgia is a huge favorite now georgia hasn't always played great thus far this season when it has been a huge favorite but the expectation is that georgia wins easy on saturday and then after that it's a rest week and then it is a doozy it is florida and tennessee and kentucky and mississippi state in some order there and you're talking about ranked opponents tough road games hated rivals you're talking about what really is the stretch drive of the regular season coming up for george and it goes without saying that you want to be at your best when you play everything that happens beyond this you know we kind of knew that there'd be a portion of this georgia schedule that was going to feel a little bit lackluster a little bit uh, bleh or mah or whatever the you know kind of noise you want to make related to that well on Saturday after the Vanderbilt that stuff is over and everything after that is serious business all the way through January and what we hope is a uh, go for two and 22 here a repeat national championship for Georgia so we would say that the recipe for Georgia being at its best for all those games that come up is to also get some of your new blood involved, the excitement that comes from rookie players or the college football version of that, former elite recruits as freshmen. Uh, that's a big part of what Georgia needs to be as it gets to its very best for the phase of the schedule that comes up after Saturday. And it just so happens, as I was kind of looking at things here this morning, thinking about how Georgia gets ready for what's on its way, that my oh my, 
doesn't it seem like at just exactly the right time, Georgia's got a handful of freshmen who really look poised to do some big things in the second half of the regular season and kind of if you think about the 15 game full schedule, you know, the final sort of two thirds of the schedule almost that could still play its way out for you. And I want to kind of run through these for a minute. Now, let me start with a guy here that's been well documented. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because at this point in time, we've already said it. Malachi Starks is one of the names on this list. Malachi Starks is already one of the best players in this team. Malachi Starks is already one of the most important parts of this team. And when you think about big plays later on this season, Malachi Starks, you know, DNA is going to be all over that football uh, late in this year when it really matters the most for Georgia at this point in time we've sort of chronicled the Stark story he obviously had the highlight interception against Oregon has been a really pivotal figure for Georgia a lot since then but if you're going to make the list of impactful freshmen freshman guys breaking through at the exact right time let's at least put Starks on the list because he clearly belongs there but let's don't spend a ton of time on that because that's a guy at this point in time we've all remarked on we've all marveled on he is now an established part of this Georgia story one of the most important players in this Georgia secondary Malachi Starks you already know that on Saturday though we found out about another guy other side of the ball here for a moment who is maybe not quite as quick to emerge at one point in time during the summer I think I would have probably told you gosh why aren't we hearing more about this guy why aren't we hearing the kind of buzz that sometimes you hear and you were kind of left to wonder is this case is no news the opposite of good news is it bad news that we're not hearing more buzz more chatter and well lo and behold on Saturday you finally got a chance to see him in an extended stretch with your own eyes and you were left to conclude oh maybe this running back Branson Robinson really is as good as we thought he might be coming out of high school obviously the physique the build the the, the focus the just everything about him obviously kind of has the look of being a future great player and on Saturday when he came within an eyelash of getting 100 yards rushing you were left to conclude no you know what maybe as it, when it when it matters most when Georgia needs to lean on its running game Saturday it did very successfully when it matters most maybe Branson Robinson a recruit who was beloved maybe Robinson is now ready to be put on the list of players who you are excited about in their first year who could be big contributors as Georgia moves through its most important games of the upcoming season going back to Monday here for a moment Kirby Smart as you might imagine coming off the game against uh, Auburn was asked a lot about Branson Robinson including what it was that led him to get the moment that he got on Saturday becoming a pretty important cog in this Georgia rushing attack at a time in which Georgia needed somebody to step up there at that position this is what Kirby said about Robinson going back to Monday Uh, he was able to do it because of opportunity and uh, he was able to do it because of a really good game plan in the run game and our offensive line moving their defensive line that's but he was given the opportunity to do it, and he seized that opportunity. He created that opportunity for himself through his work habits, how hard he's worked um, since arriving. Um, but it's not like he hadn't been talented the whole time he's here. He's, he's, he's earned the opportunity through the work he's done, and you gain confidence uh, through what you do in practice. And I don't think he continues to grow, um, have attention to detail in terms of pickups on uh, checks and uh, protection and protecting the ball and making good run reads and he's done a lot of those things and we certainly uh, felt strongly enough about him and the job he's done in practice to uh, get him some some in-game carries I love to hear that from Kirby Smart that level of praise for Robinson kind of matters to me and it's kind of funny if you observe our audience you know they pretty much treat him as if he is they call him you know Branson Chubb I mean because he sort of has the look that Nick Chubb sort of had 
that people just sort of treat him like Nick Chubb. And, you know, Chubb's one of the most popular players of Georgia all time. And I mean that literally full stop. One of the most popular Bulldogs ever. And in some respects, Robinson has kind of inherited some of that Nick Chubb popularity and people have kind of given him their love for Chubb because they sort of think he's kind of like the next in line of a Nick Chubb style running back at Georgia. It's just really interesting how unanimous that point of view seems to be. Well, as you might imagine, Kirby Smart doesn't love the comparison to to Nick Chubb or really any other running back. This is uh, smart on that topic uh, going back to Monday, too. No, not really, because I, I don't think it's fair. Like, I'll let you guys do all the comparing. I'm happy with who Branson is. Like, Branson's his own person. Uh, I think you, you, everybody tries to give somebody a style of running back, but I don't know that you've got a body of work large enough to know. Um, we probably do because we get to see him each and every day, but I, I don't think giving any comparisons uh, is fair to him or the others. And, um I think he's he's going to be a really good football player. Uh, he has great burst and acceleration. Uh, he has great toughness. So listen, sports fans speak in the language of comparisons. You know, we're always looking for the next Jordan in basketball or you know, the next Tom Brady as a quarterback or something like that. Sports fans just speak in the language of comparisons. That's the way that sports fans talk, and that's not disrespectful to do it that way. That's just kind of the way which we all kind of approach sports. But Smart is right that if you want to fully give Robinson the credit that he deserves – we should all be looking for the things that make Branson Branson, not the things that make Branson like Chubb, but the thing that make Branson Robinson his own archetype and the kind of player that maybe one day future running backs at Georgia might be compared to. I think that Smart's actually on to something when he says that, but either way, when you think about Georgia down the stretch, needing all hands on deck, as many contributions as it can get, a guy like Branson Robinson, especially with kind of the unknown status of Kendall Milton right now, who's apparently not practicing and, you know, all the stuff related to that. Boy, leaning on Branson Robinson is incredibly important. It seems like Robinson may be coming to his own at just the right time to be able to do that. Now, I'm going to come back to the offensive side here in a moment, but let me go over the defensive side now to get a couple of names. So we're talking about Malachi Starks. Freshman breaking out at just the right time for Georgia. He's kind of been on the scene now for a while. Branson Robinson, freshman breaking out at just the right time. I want to see more of what I saw Saturday against Auburn how about a couple of other guys that seem to be doing a lot of good things right now Kirby was asked uh this was Monday too Kirby was asked about you know what's going on on third down defensively for a long time you know Georgia's kind of given the third down defense to be a little bit of a showcase for some of its freshman stars its upcoming guys think about Trayvon Walker in 2019 guys like that had a chance to do some really good things for Georgia on third down turn it loose and get after the quarterback or get after whatever well a couple of the guys who are sort of doing some of that right now are Mikael Williams, who I would say thus far has been as advertised. Bear Alexander, with Jalen Carter injured, you need somebody to step up there along your defensive line. And Bear Alexander, I would say, has the look, my eyes tell me, of potentially a future star. So when you're making a list of freshmen who also seem to be coming to their own at the right time, breaking out at just the right time, how about adding Mikael Williams to that list, Bear Alexander to that list? Kirby this week talked about them along with Xavier and who's admittedly not a freshman but talking about the role that these freshman guys are playing on that third down defense in particular and you hear some of the excitement and the buzz gets growing around Mikel former elite recruit Bear former elite recruit and guys who are paying off on that recruiting hype early on in their Georgia career this is Kirby from earlier this week they've earned the right to be out there they're uh they're extremely good athletes they have quickness uh explosive 
um, might not have the strength in terms of the core weight room. I mean, Bear's coming off a of shoulder surgery. Michael's a, a, a freshman that went through spring. And then uh, Sawyer's a guy that came in and had not played a lot of football in high school because of injuries. So uh, they all three have uh, really good traits. I think one of the best things we do here at Georgia is take a freshman and say, what does he do really well? How do we utilize that in year one? And uh, you go back to the year that we had uh, – Nicobe on third down, Travon was on third down, uh, Tyreek Stevenson was on third down. We had we had these players that were playing as freshmen on third down because they could go out and execute at a premium. Um, some of those guys that you're talking about are playing out of necessity. We had other guys that might be in front of them, some of it would be Smile or Jalen, that get dinged up. Those guys got to get ready to go play. So I've uh, been pleased with what they've done, but uh, we, 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 we got to execute a little better with each one of them included. So if you're keeping score at home here, we're up to four names. Malachi Starks, you've known that for a while. Uh, Branson Robinson, you learned that on Saturday. Mikel Williams, Bear Alexander, you've also seen enough to put them on this list there too. Let me give you one more name to consider, and Kirby Smart talked about him last night. I don't have time to play the audio clip for you on this, but Smart did mention this. Oscar Delt was in the game some for you on Saturday. You did do that three tight end set with him a little bit on Saturday. And Georgia right now is in the midst of trying to figure out its offensive identity and figure out who the dependable playmakers in this offense are going to be. I think I've seen enough from Delp to make me think that I want to see more of him. And if that means playing in a three tight end set more, I think I want Georgia to do that. I do. Because you want Darnell Washington in the field. You have to have Brock Bowers in the field. But given the choice of, you know, who else you can put out there, I think I want to see more of Delp here. I think when it comes to dependable playmakers in this team, I think what you've seen from Delp at times, touchdown against South Carolina, for instance, I think that kind of gives you an idea that he might make a really big catch or two for you before the end of the season. So playing in October in a game against a rival like Auburn could be foreshadowing of what's to come. So this is a little bit of a hunch for me on the Delp part of this, but I'm going to add him to that list there as well. And you can go to the Dog Nation YouTube page and see what Kirby said about Oscar last night. So here's my five. Five freshman phenoms getting ready to break out for Georgia and be a big part of the stretch run. Malachi Starks, Mikael Williams, Bear Alexander on defense, at least those three. Offensively, it's Branson Robinson. I think it's Oscar Delp, and who knows who else gets added to that list. But at exactly the right time, I think that Georgia's starting to get some really good play from some of its youngest, most hyped recruits. But all of a sudden now, you're starting to see what some of that hype was actually all about. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Breda Pest Management, and we are all about hashtag go for two and 22 as Georgia makes a big push towards a second national championship and a second consecutive national championship this season. And of course, freshman phenoms being a big part of all of that. And of course, we're glad to have you as a big part of what we're doing here today, whether it's on video starting at 945, dognation.com, dognation app. 10 a.m. after that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 96, The Ref, Podcast, Apple, Spotify, all the podcast platforms. Just really happy to have you with us as a part of what we're doing today. And a big, big thanks to our sponsors who make this possible, including for today, the entire show brought to you by our friends at Breda Pest 
management. Now, listen, when it comes to taking care of business in the uh, world of pest control and termites and things like that, Breda Pest Manager, they're not freshmen, they're not rookies. They've been doing this for a long time, going back to the 1970s, in fact. And that is why they have been around long enough to establish some real credentials. Did you know that they're the official pest control provider of UGA Athletics? And so when you look down there on that field at Sanford Stadium, you should know the entire facility is protected by Breda Pest Management. And you should also think about this. On a on a surface the size of the football field at Sanford Stadium, there's room for like millions and millions of termites. It's amazing how many can fit in just kind of a small space, confined space, because termites themselves are really small. But they're also killers for your home, too. They just they do incredible damage. You already know that. And you also may know this there, too. If you don't, you should take advantage of this right now. Because of the fact that Breda Pest Management as an organization has the strength that it has, you know, being the official pest control provider of UG Athletics, being in business for such a long time, having, you know, more than 100 employees all across the Atlanta area in the state of Georgia, that resource level, that, you know, that level of strength, they want to leverage that for your benefit. And here's how they're going to do that. They're able to provide you the great pest control service they give to UGA as the official pest control provider of UGA Athletics. They're able to protect your home from termites. They're able to do all the stuff that your current company is doing, but they may be, probably will be able to do it for less. In fact, when you make that switch to our friends at Breda Pest Management, they're going to put more money in your pocket instantly just for making that decision so lean on their strength leverage their resources to your benefit get great coverage for less money than you're currently paying with whatever fly-by-night company you might be having to use now use our friends at breda pest management make the switch and put more money in your pocket today just for doing that here's the website to go to it's bradapest.com that's bradapest.com b-r-e-d-a bradapest.com we love matt brady and the entire team over there at breda pest management and we heartily recommend them uh, making the switch to them to take advantage of the big savings you can get for doing just that all right we're going to talk to mike griffith here in a moment we're going to get some thoughts from him on the preparations for georgia and his game against vanderbilt on saturday and then what comes after that here for uh uga as well we'll do all of that before that they want to go around the doghouse and kirby smart was kind of asked an interesting question yesterday in fact it was our buddy mike griffith who asked it about being you know i mean technically you know ohio state is the consensus national championship favorite right now if you look across the internet ohio state is the listed favorite almost you know almost all the books in terms of of the current national championship favor they kind of just recently moved up to that spot but georgia has been a favorite with the national championship they are ranked number one in the ap poll right now and so kirby was asked by mike yesterday about you know kind of a status of a national championship favorite um one betting house i guess in particular that has listed georgia as the favorite this kind of led to kind of an interesting exchange with uh mike and kirby take a listen to this from yesterday kirby i know that absolutely no interest in being a favorite but if, if somebody would have told you that, you were, that georgia is the national championship favorite at the midway point of the season after losing what you lost to the portland and the nfl would you believe that that would have been possible i wouldn't have cared i mean because i don't trust the source so i don't you know, i really don't care I don't. Circa. The right. i don't even know what that is <laughs> I think it'd be funny if Kirby did know what that is. And I think it'd be funny if he kind of broke down some big time betting analysis there for you. So you're probably not that surprised to hear Kirby Smart not be familiar with the uh, Nevada uh, betting house Circa or anything else or, you know, kind of in, in relationship to, you know, Georgia's national championship odds. You're probably not that surprised by that. But obviously around here, we talk a lot about hashtag go for two and 22 and you know, maybe you're interested in betting on Georgia win the national championship. Maybe you're not. Maybe you believe it is a good bet. Maybe you don't. 
But let me actually ask you a different question instead. You know, Kirby Smart was asked about Georgia being the favorite, you know, essentially betting on Georgia to win the title. Let me ask you this. Would you bet on Georgia not to win the national championship? Because that's to me is one of the interesting things you can do sometimes. Not every betting house does this. There are some that do, though. I'm going to show you an example here on the screen. What's called a yes-no bet. Not every betting house has this. Some of them do. Not only can you bet on Georgia to win the national championship, if you really feel strongly, you can bet on Georgia not to win the national championship. So obviously, if you're thinking about Georgia winning it, then you're kind of comparing them to the field. But if you think about Georgia not winning it, all you're thinking about then is, does this team have what it's have has what it takes is this team made of what it needs to be made of to win the national championship and if you're watching a video you see this the no bet right now is minus 294 what that basically means is you'd have to bet almost 300 and if you if georgia does win the national championship you'll win a hundred dollars back so you could get 30 percent return on your money in just a few months time there are very few investments that would ever provide that if you really do feel confident that georgia is not going to win the national championship so i'll ask you that question again should you feel confident that Georgia is not going to win the national championship, whether you be a Georgia fan or anybody else? I think the only wise appraisal of the situation is, no, you shouldn't feel confident in that. Who knows if they will or won't, but we haven't seen anything through one half of the regular season to say that they're definitely not going to. Georgia, in the status that it currently finds itself in, is sort of exactly where you would expect them to be because in the college football playoff era, which dates back to 2014, we only have two examples of national champions in the playoff era that didn't return to the playoff the following year. And in the case of LSU in 2019, a lot of that was just sort of based on losing kind of a generational quarterback. That's the explanation there. Uh, So for the most part, Georgia right now is exactly where you would expect a reigning national champion to be right there in the mix this upcoming, you know, in this current season there too. And you say, well, they haven't been perfect. Sure, they haven't been perfect. But take a look at the last team to repeat as national champions. Think about Alabama in 2011 and 2012. Over the course of that two-year span, Bama lost a game to LSU, which didn't score an offensive touchdown. Bama had a bad game defensively against Texas A&M or Johnny Manziel ran wild. Go back and look at the 2012 season for Bama. They could stop Georgia Southern one day in uh, Tuscaloosa, leading to one of Nick Saban's funniest and most famous rants. Even Bama in 2011 and 2012, uh, the last team to repeat as national champions, they weren't perfect over that two-year stretch either. Perfection's not the standard. Excellence is the standard. And we saw a year ago that Georgia was able to call upon excellence when it really needed to. There's no guarantee that happens again this upcoming year. But the point here is when you consider Georgia's status halfway through the regular season is there also isn't a guarantee that they won't. Georgia right now is sort of exactly where most reigning national champions in the playoff era have been right there in the mix to at least be back in that spot again with a chance to maybe even go for two and 22 again there as well that is around the doghouse here today on dog nation daily presented by breda pass management and the guy that asked that question to kirby smart yesterday we'll talk to right now we'll call it a georgia farm bureau insider update and welcome in mike griffith the program here today from athens and across the sec or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a dognation.com insider and we will say hello to mike griffith here georgia farm bureau insider update uh georgia getting ready for vanderbilt on saturday getting a little bit of rest after that and getting ready for a big big run through the 
second half of the regular season, what we think of as kind of the middle third of a 15-game schedule coming up uh, after that. And, uh, Mike, I guess we'll begin with where you were yesterday, asking Kirby Smart about Georgia's national championship odds. I'll turn the table here a little bit. Do you think Georgia, kind of where it is right now, somewhere in that, what, uh, two-and-a-half, three-to-one area, do you think Georgia's a good bet for the national championship right now? I'd take the field over Georgia. I, I would say it's less likely they'll win it than it's likely, just because there's only been one team in 25 years that's repeated. Those are long odds, and Georgia hasn't really been tested. I don't see another team out there that I would bet on. In fact, I, I'd take the field over any team just because of the odds. Um, but Georgia looks like a really good bet to make the college football playoff. But, you know, there's a lot of football to be played, and, again, I mean, there's Unless you think Auburn's that good that they could shut out the number one team in the country in their home stadium for a quarter, I don't think that. Or that Missouri's that good that they could be beating the best team in the nation by 10 points entering the fourth quarter, I don't think that. So I think Georgia's got the upside to win the national championship. But if you're saying would I take Georgia or the 130 other teams, I think the odds are probably best that the other 130 teams would produce the champ. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think the field is the right pick against any team for the most part. Uh, but you're also touching on something else that I think is really important here too, which is that obviously on my show, we're very fixated on what's happening with Georgia and our audience in some respects – all they really have time to do on a college football Saturday is watch George. They don't have time to watch you know, as much college football as I kind of like to watch because this is my job. So I watch a ton of college football. And when you're only kind of watching one team with regularity, I think you have a tendency sometimes maybe overrate a team's strengths, but I think you also have a tendency at times to overrate a team's weaknesses too. And you don't realize that everybody's got weaknesses. I mean, because if it's not Georgia who wins the national championship, well, maybe it's Alabama. Honestly, Alabama didn't look very good on Saturday. And you say, well, what about Ohio State? Ohio State just played its first road game this past Saturday. They played five straight home games to begin the season. I don't think we know anything about Ohio State as of yet. And then you sort of get to Clemson and teams like that that really are much larger unknowns. So no doubt we could point out some obvious blemishes for UGA, areas in which improvement is clearly needed. But if you really watch the other so-called contenders very closely, you could have the same conversation around them, or you very likely will be having more of those conversations as tougher tests come for some of those teams. I think it's important to keep that perspective in mind. Yeah, especially Ohio State. You know, because they, they played the close game with Notre Dame, and then Notre Dame didn't turn out to be what we thought. Um, you know, C.J. Stroud's probably the best quarterback in the nation, but who have they played, right? I mean, we won't really know until they play Penn State, until yeah. they play Michigan. Uh, beating Michigan State on the road this year, you know, that, that doesn't seal it for me. This is not a, a good version of Michigan State football. So, you know, to your point, um, you know, who has been? I mean, Alabama's been tested, and – you know, it hasn't always looked good. I mean, they had to come from behind to beat Texas. I mean, my goodness, if we're going to pick at Georgia for being 10 points down to a bad Missouri team, um, you know, we've got to note that Alabama had to come from behind against a mediocre Texas team and, and has a quarterback uh, injury issue now. I mean, we don't even know if Bryce Young's going to play Saturday. And if he does play, here's the thing about injuries. You know, we, we get this video game mentality. And, and, oh, well, if he's back from the injury, okay, well, you're never really back. I mean, once you've, you know, busted up your shoulder, I mean, really, hell, you saw it with JT Daniels last year. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think he was back really till November, right? And that's probably what kept him out of the lineup. But, you know, when guys get hurt and come back, it's not like hitting the reset button on the video game and you're back at 100. I, I know that from cracking my ribs two summers ago. I mean, I, yeah, I, I was back and able to work uh, three days later 
and able to jog a month and a half later, but I was still feeling that six, seven months later, right? And so you wonder what version of Bryce Young has come along. I wonder about Jalen Carter. I mean, an even bigger picture, B.A. I mean, here's a kid whose family, you know, from a pop cut, you know, he's looking at, what, $20, $30 million. He's had a foot, he's had an ankle, he's had a knee. Uh, do you risk your $25, $30 million and come back and play? And if you do come back and play, is it somewhere in the back of your mind that they're gonna, someone's going to take your knee again? So injuries are just, it just makes you wonder. I mean, what version of Jalen Carter comes back? What version of Bryce Young comes back? Uh, how good is Ohio State? They haven't been tested. I mean, the, the, really, the, the season's completely still in front of us. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And you mentioned the injury part of this, and then we'll kind of use this as a way to kind of transition to the Vanderbilt game for a moment. This is why I think that being a sort of 30-plus point favorite week after week after week matters. This is why you work so hard to build the kind of team that can play – laughable games more often not now george hasn't always succeeded in that role this season we'll certainly grant that but this is why that status matters is because i can't really think of an instance in which i saw kirby smart ever rush a player back from injury georgia just doesn't have to do that you know they gave ad mitchell a shot last week he clearly wasn't ready and he only played a you know a couple handful of snaps i don't think there's any chance they come out here and try that again with him on saturday because they don't have to in the case of jalen carter they don't have to do that either. They don't have to certainly play him against Vanderbilt. If they wanted not to play him against Florida, they don't have to do that. Now, you say, well, you know, maybe Carter's got a decision in the future. I won't really, you know, go down that road one way or another. But the point is, is that Georgia is not going to rush anybody to come back because it has built the kind of program in which you don't really need to do that. And the point that I totally agree with you on is, is that I don't think we fully process what a A-level player playing at 80% of his capabilities is really like. That's not the same thing as the sort of A-level starter. I, I would certainly uh, you know grant you on that. But this is why Georgia has built the program up to the level that it is, is that you don't have to rush an A.D. Mitchell. You don't have to rush Jalen Carter. You clearly miss them when they're not out there. Georgia misses a lot of guys who are not out there. But you don't have to be panicked about their status because hopefully you've got the kind of program depth where you can at least absorb it when they're not there. Yeah, you know, championship depth is everything. You know, I've said it once, I'll say it again. The, the, the most impressive thing about Georgia's team last year is they lost their best offensive player and their best defensive player, and they plugged in fifth-year seniors and didn't miss a beat. I mean, JT Daniels leads SEC, is, SEC Media Days as a Heisman Trophy favorite. He goes down, you plug in a fifth-year senior in Stetson, you know, boop, keep winning. You know, Adam Anderson leads the team in sacks. He you know, looks like one of the most impressive off outside linebackers we've seen in, in many years. You know, he gets dismissed from the program, and boop, you plug in fifth-year senior Robert Beal, right? And that was what was so incredible about last year's team was they were so deep and so prepared, and that defense was just, you know, smothering. I mean, you talk about LSU having a legacy player. Georgia had a legacy defense. Um, this year it doesn't, right? We, we, you know, we, we really don't. We know Missouri and Kent State can score over 20 points on that. I mean, that's not last year's defense out there. But we didn't expect it to be, right? Now, I'll say this, too. There's probably three or four teams in the SEC that would be undefeated with Georgia's schedule that they've played so far, especially catching Oregon in their opener before Dan Lanning knew everybody's first name. Conversely, had Georgia played somebody else that maybe put Georgia with Alabama's schedule, do they lose one of those games? Maybe. Maybe they get beat by AM, maybe they get beat by But the bottom line is that this year Georgia got dealt a good schedule. It's about time. No need to apologize because Georgia's been screwed over with the schedule for many years. So this year they got a good schedule. They're taking advantage of it. They're undefeated. They're number one. They play the worst team in Power 5 ranks. 
uh, worst defense in Power Five ranks, at least past defense, um, pr- provided that Vanderbilt actually shows up this time. And then you get a bye week, and then you, and then you basically have a four game season, and then you try to keep everybody from getting in fist fights and unneeded injuries against the Georgia Tech in the last game. So I, I don't think things could be much better considering the circumstances, Brandon. Yeah, let's move on to the Vanderbilt game here. Um, you know, to me. I don't put a lot in Vanderbilt whatsoever, one way or another. I'm excited about being back between the hedges, of course, but the, you know the game itself doesn't carry a lot of uh, interest and weight for me. What do you want to see against Vanderbilt on Saturday if you're Georgia? Stetson Bennett get accurate and hope that his shoulder's not hurt, which I think it might be. I I think that some of the missed throws. I mean, he's not the most accurate guy in the world, but he usually hits the guy. But last week he's off, and I think it's the shoulder and the fact that Kirby said it bothered him. Kirby's words, not mine, that, you know, against Missouri, he got dinged up and said it bothered him. Now, Kirby also said it didn't bother him enough for him to miss practices, which means he's able to throw and it's a pain tolerance thing. But once again, like you said, you know, how calibrated are these athletes? Like Bryce Young comes back from his shoulder. Part of what made Bryce Young special was he was incredibly accurate. You know, when he had receivers out there, he could put it on a dime. Is he going to be able to do that? If his shoulder's not 100, it's like a great basketball player with playing with an ankle. Maybe they don't elevate quite the same. Maybe the jump shot's a little bit off. The, the, the amount of coordination for these quarterbacks, I mean, it's got to be the most difficult position to play in any sport, Brandon. It just has to be to be able to run and think three-dimensionally and, and, and throw a ball and lead a receiver based on judging the speed, um, pass timing and experience. I mean, it's just it's an incredibly difficult spot. And you don't have to be very off to look a lot off. And Stetson missed some open receivers. So playing the worst pass defense in the country, Power 5, is I guess Ohio's worst at 131. Vanderbilt's 130. I hope that Stetson gets dialed in um, with his receivers. I mean, it's been three games without a touchdown pass. That's a, that's a flashing light. That's not good. I mean, Brock Bowers only has two touchdown receptions. That's not good. Um, you know, Darnell Washington only caught two passes the last game. Brock caught two out of six targets. I mean, that is not that is not good. Um, yeah, you you know your your run game got going, but you were playing Auburn. I mean, everybody pounds him in the second half. So I want to see the pass game. I want to see Stetson get dialed in, and and um, some of those receivers help Stetson out, win more of those one on ones on the perimeters. Hopefully, Lad McConkey is a hundred percent. The guy was playing with a foot injury, less than a hundred all year. Um, A.D. Mitchell, Kirby says it's a thumb now, Brandon. I don't know what to believe. Is it a thumb? Is it his ankle? And he just wasn't ready? Who knows? It'd be great to see him out there. It'd be great to see Brock Bowers with a 100-yard game and a touchdown catch and, and, and maybe throw a ball to Darnell Washington in the red zone. I mean, I don't think you can cover him. So there's a lot I want to see, in the, but most of it is in the pass game. Uh, we'll get uh, more of your questions coming up with Mike Griffith here in a moment. Let me remind folks, this is our Georgia Farm Bureau Insider Update here right now. And, of course, uh, we're always happy to have Georgia Farm Bureau on our program each and every week because, listen, the folks at Georgia Farm Bureau can do some great stuff for you. They live and they work and they do life. They're participating in communities just like yours all across the great state of Georgia. That means we want to serve people just like you each and every day. And they want to do that when it comes to insurance products. They understand that when it comes to your home, 
that's not just your most important investment. It's kind of the source of a lot of your best memories. It's, it's, it's where you're kind of building your life and protecting that really matters. So getting your home insurance through Georgia Farm Bureau is a great choice. Same thing when it comes to auto insurance, too. A lot of you use that autom- automobile to get your work each every day. It's how you provide for your family. And the folks at Georgia Farm Bureau are busy providing for their families as well. They understand that's your story, too. And so they want to give you the great coverage you need. Take care of that, ev- that vehicle that's so important for all the things you have going on in your life. That's what Georgia Farm Bureau gets. They're a part of communities just like yours. We say Georgia Farm Bureau is always the home team. And you can find out more about that at gfbinsurance.com. That's gfbinsurance.com. You can check that out today. So, Mike, I'll finish with this. You know, as I said before, I don't, I don't take a lot from this Vanderbilt game one way or another. It's more of a box to be checked as opposed to, uh, I guess, a data point to consider for me. But, boy, you think about post-bye week. Hated rival Florida, big step up in competition with ranked teams like you know Tennessee, Mississippi State, you know whatever Kentucky is. By the time you get to that game, uh, things are about to get a good bit more interesting for UGA. And getting ready for what is coming next, I think, is uh, kind of a fun thing for Georgia fans to consider. Because for as sleepy as you know some of these games have been, September turning to October, as the schedule gets ready for uh, November, uh, that 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 feeling is going to quickly change for UGA no doubt. I always say be careful what you wish for. I mean, thank goodness that was Missouri and not Mississippi State you were playing at a couple weeks ago, and thank goodness it was Kent State and not Tennessee that you had that sort of effort in. But then you wonder, you know, if it's Tennessee or if it's Mississippi State, do you get a different version of Georgia? Do you get a more dialed-in version? I mean, human nature is what it is, and, you know, part of what's made Alabama football so great under Nick Saban is they've won all the games they're supposed to. And you mentioned the Georgia Southern game. That was a bit of an anomaly. They won the game, but they struggled, and we went, oh, my gosh, that's not supposed to happen, because it usually doesn't. They don't have the close games with Kent State's and Missouri's, typically. I don't know what to make of A&M yet. I know they play pretty good run defense and have a good running back, and I guess we saw how mortal Alabama can be with a backup quarterback. Um, but there's a lot on the table as far as what's coming up. I mean, I don't know how good Tennessee is. I'm not, I mean, I, I, if Bryce Young comes back and it's then is Bryce Young, I think Alabama probably wins by two touchdowns. But if it's not if it's not Bryce Young or if it's a different version of Bryce Young, I, I don't know what happens up there at Tennessee. They've got a lot of older, more experienced guys that are they're riding a wave. I mean, all that matters is how good they think they are and if they play that way. So could Tennessee be the SEC champion? Uh, who knows? I don't think so. But what if they beat Alabama by two touchdowns? I, what if, you know, and what if Stetson's shoulder is worse than we know? I mean, there's a lot of what ifs. And, um, but to your point, I think Georgia's, I think they've got it covered. I still think they got depth at these positions. Okay, if Jalen Carter doesn't play, I don't think there's another Jalen Carter. But Nazir Stackhouse and Zion Logue and Bear Alexander's playing more snaps. I mean, these guys are good in the linebackers. Once Mal Munden gets back and the way Malachi Starks has played as a freshman, I would have never seen this incredible performance. I mean, Malachi's been an unbelievable story. Kamari Lasseter, I mean, so many of these young guys. That's what's exciting, to your point, is George's depth and the way Kirby's recruited and developed. You feel like they've got, they've got it covered. I, you know, we don't need to talk about you know, quarterback situations, but I, you know, you've, got, you've got people that have been in the program a long time. and The running backs, right? I mean, Kendall Milton went down, and, and we saw Dejon Edwards do well in his expanded role, and and, and Robinson had some nice carries, albeit against Auburn. But still, um, you know, to your point, it's after Vanderbilt. It's after the bye week. You know, and then you, you play your, your designated home game down in Jackson. Is that the last time that's going to happen? We don't know what's going to happen with the series. 
some news on that could be coming out in the next couple weeks as far as the future of the Jacksonville game or the Georgia-Florida rivalry. If Does Atlanta find their way into a three- or four-city rotation? If we go to a nine-game schedule, you just there's all sorts of things on the table. And, and, and that's why it's so great uh, you know, to listen to you on Dog Nation Daily every day because you keep us up to date on that and keep us thinking, Brandon. I appreciate that. Well, Mike, I appreciate that there as well. Thank you for the kind words. And I appreciate you being here as part of our Georgia Farm Bureau Insider Update there as well. And Mike, really quickly before we let you go, I haven't really mentioned this yet. I want to make sure we do. Georgia reporting officially, something that kind of been out in the, uh, I, I guess, last couple of days, is the legendary former coach and athletic director Vince Dooley has been released from the hospital. It was obviously away from the game on Saturday, not at his typical home there at the UGA bookstore, but he's feeling better again, been released from the hospital. I know you'll join me in celebrating that as the great news that it is. And frankly, the answer of prayers from so many happy to hear coach Dooley feeling better and uh, I'm, I'm sure you would join me in saying that absolutely and he'll be at the bookstore on saturday he said so we're ready go. to go i'm Both telling you man he's a machine i love i love that and he's so great with people there <laughs> so that's awesome uh mike thanks for your time we'll talk to you soon all right thanks Pierre. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. I tell you, the thing about Coach Dooley that I just love, and I had a chance to experience this a couple times over the course of the last couple of years, really one of the thrills of my life, because you got to understand something. Like, like I was a kid in the 80s, not quite Herschel Walker 80s, but like sort of post-Herschel 80s, and like Vince Dooley is this towering figure in my life. So I get a chance to, I don't want to say necessarily know him a little bit, but I've certainly talked to him plenty of times. And the way in which he makes you feel like you're a part of his orbit, you know, uh, I had a chance to be at his home one time and he kind of showed me some, obviously he's got this like legendary collection of memorabilia from his life and had a chance to be a part of a ceremony that he was part of a couple of years ago. And um, that was a great experience. Like, he's very good at being Vince Dooley. He's very good at telling the Coach Dooley stories, doing all that kind of stuff. So, you know, Mike mentions the, uh, uh, the, UJ Bookstore, where he has been at so many of these Saturdays, and you know, I have great friends at the UJ Bookstore. They're a great partner of ours, and I know how much they love having Coach Dooley there, signing his books, but also just kind of talking to Georgia fans, telling those stories. Like this is a cherished, cherished uh, figure in this program's history. Not just because he won games, but because he's you know a, a guy that understands so much of that history and so much of that appreciation. So. Uh, love Coach Dooley. Happy to know that he's feeling better and happy to know that Georgia fans, uh, according to Mike, said, you know, going to get a chance to interact with him again here at the UJ Bookstore maybe as soon as this Saturday. So that's uh, that's really, really good stuff to be able to see. Would you mind if we turn that music down just a tiny little bit um, as we get ready to go cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. I heard from a dog fan yesterday who said, B.A., I'm going to be right there with you on the cruise. Let me see if I can just quickly do this and kind of give correct uh, credit here to who had mentioned this to me yesterday. I was so happy to see that uh, another dog fan has kind of signed up to be a part of this uh, with us. I'll never do this quickly enough to be able to uh, do it, you know, quickly and give the uh, credit that it deserves. Yeah, here we go. It's a uh, Mitt, uh, Mitt checking in to say that he's going to be with us here coming up on the Dog Nation cruise, which I'm so happy for. Say, hey, I've been hearing you talk about it. I want to be a part of it. And now I'm going to be a part of that coming up uh, in April. And you have a chance to do the same thing that so many of the Georgia fans ha- have done. I talked to uh, some of our people yesterday. I said, hey, uh, how are we doing on these stateroom bookings for Independence of the Season in April? And they were saying, B.A., you wouldn't believe how many we've already booked. And they were you know, citing some big number. And by the time we get to blah, blah, month, we're going to be at blah, blah, blah. And it's just going to be the biggest uh, event we've probably ever done here at Dog Nation. I'm always happy to hear about that. But the main 
exciting thing for me is I've told you this before. It's my chance to interact with some of you on a more personal level. You know, a lot of times we see each other in Athens or we see each other at one of these live events uh, that we've been able to do. And it's kind of a quick thing where we're all kind of in a hurry. We're kind of moving. The Dog Nation cruise is sort of like our version of summer camp where we're all just kind of hanging out. We're just having a good time. We're relaxed. We're far removed from the season. It's just a great time to kind of let our hair down and just 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 relax we need those vacations in our life we need those fun things in our life and really no better experience for me than being on independence of the seas enjoying the beautiful uh, waters of the caribbean going to nassau going to perfect day coco Cay, the private island right there in the bahamas enjoying the great onboard amenities for independence of the seas it's such a great experience and we want you to be with us for it so if you'll check out our friend jessica slater she's put up a uh, website for us royaldogs.com and you can click the website and you can find out more about the dog nation cruise and you can call jessica she's a real person she's a travel agent specially selected for us by royal caribbean to do a great job booking this cruise for us and she's already booked so many of these staterooms uh her number 770-718-9147 that's 770-718-9147 she'll do a great job for you i, I love jessica she's a great travel agent she's really an expert because uh, she's in the caribbean all the time she's on royal caribbean cruise ships all the time so she knows all the tr- all the secrets and by the way you can still get i understand uh they've kind of extended that deal for a hundred dollars worth of onboard credit so you can actually still get that i believe which is a really cool thing to take advantage of when you're on board for your bar bill which goodness knows dog nation has tendency to ring up and all the other stuff you got going on you can do that with that onboard credit from our friends at royal caribbean too so check all of that out today all right let's get ready to go cruiser on the sec courtesy of royal caribbean and hard not to deny the hype is building for tennessee alabama and i'll be honest with you i don't think this game's gonna be particularly close i think this is a good chance for you to zag when everybody else is zigging everybody right now kind of on the side of tennessee it's for the most part a one-way street I believe that Tennessee wins. I should say I believe that Alabama wins this game, whether Bryce Young plays or not. If Young plays, I don't believe it's going to be particularly close. But that doesn't change the fact that for the third Saturday in October rivalry, it has been a while since it's as felt as big as it's going to feel on Saturday. You had to go back to 2016 that both these teams rang the top 10. That's the last top 10 matchup of any kind for Tennessee. And so even though I don't think that Tennessee plays at this level right now, Alabama and Georgia are among the national elite teams. Tennessee is not for me in that category. They're good. They may go 10 and 2. But this is not a playoff contender. This is not a contender to even win the East. This is not an SEC championship contender. This is not that level of team. They're a, they're a 10 and 2 style team right now, which is not a thing to be ashamed of but even if that's what i believe about tennessee even someone like me who's obviously not a vol or bama fan if anything the opposite and someone who's not exactly expecting this game to be as close as maybe some think it's going to be i can't help but be a little bit excited for it this is up to this point clearly the game of the year in the sec i was talking to our buddy connor riley who's producing today i was asking him uh this weekend you know you have to pick the bama a&m game to be the cbs primetime game well in advance way before the season begins that's when they select that game to be their night game but if you had a chance to do that all over again and truly select up to this point what is the game of the year in the sec obviously alabama tennessee would be that now if tennessee were to win this game let your mind kind of wander here for a moment that would set up georgia tennessee and athens and some of y'all are older than me you have better memories than me that's the biggest home game in Athens since we talked about this some yesterday. That's the biggest home game in Athens since how long? Ever? Uh, see, Connor says 2013 LSU, but Georgia had already lost by then, though, right? Yeah. So I mean, um, you also have 2004 when when uh, LSU came in as the defending national champions, but I believe LSU had lost the prior week to that there as well. I mean, you've got games I think that come close. 
But if Tennessee were to win this game, this is a top three matchup potentially. This is this is both of these teams potentially ranked in the top three. And I mean, obviously, you can go back to early '80s. Some of the you know the uh, Clemson games. I, I guess you know George Rogers. You know, coming in here. Uh, you know, back when he did. But you'd have few examples of a game this size in Athens if Tennessee were to win. Now, I think it's all a moot point because I don't think they're going to. But it is pretty interesting to consider, you know, what could be set up for if Tennessee were to go out there and pull that upset against uh, Alabama there on Saturday. Another game that's not anywhere near as big, but I think it's also very interesting, is LSU and Florida on Saturday. And look, we've kind of been on the LSU scent here for a while. We liked Tennessee a lot last week simply because we don't think LSU is very good. And they've been kind of giving you some clues of that. They had like one good quarter against Mississippi State. And other than that, they played pretty lousy for almost the entirety of the season. But it sets up on uh, Saturday as a very much a must-win game sort of for both sides here. But LSU sort of shown you what they are already. Do you find it interesting the way that I do? how little florida has even been a factor this season at all i'm not this is not me being a gator hater i'm being like as objective as i can be you know we saw florida get the upset win against utah to begin the season they fought a little harder than the experts thought they might against tennessee they lost to kentucky but they haven't really been a part of the college football chatter whatsoever well after saturday one way or another that sort of changes they either get the win against lsu that makes the cocktail party feel a little bit bigger or they lose a game in which Billy Napier really needs to sort of plant any kind of flag in his first year. Because here's what I'm going to tell you for Florida. On the other side of LSU, it starts to get a little bit more difficult. Obviously, Georgia's a game that no one would expect him to win. Um, I would say Texas, they have to go to Texas A&M later on this year, and you can say what you want about A&M. That's a road game that for a first-year coach in Billy Napier will be very, very tough. Just hear me now believe me later going to Texas A&M for Florida late in the season is going to be really really tough so there are more losses coming for Florida before the year is done I think this LSU game looms very very big and if Napier wants to give his fans anything of note here in his first season this LSU game sort of feels like one he needs to get so I'm not saying it's a referendum on Billy Napier necessarily but it is a very important game in terms of you know his overall quality of life and his first year as Florida coach LSU Florida on Saturday is probably a little bit more interesting than you might think and then finally there's this with Ole Miss and Auburn getting ready to play on Saturday I think you're left to conclude you know is this going to end up being Brian Harson's last game as Auburn coach and one thing I want to keep you want you to keep in mind of here on this we have seen a lot of coaching firings early on this season I believe that Harson's going to be fired in season for um for Auburn I believe that could happen as soon as you know really this upcoming weekend you can kind of see Auburn sort of circling the wagons here right now I don't believe their players are speaking to the media this week it's kind of a for instance on that uh, you can sort of see the wagons being circled there on the Auburn program but here's the one thing I want you to keep in mind that there is an obvious reason why Wisconsin moves off of their coach why Nebraska moves off of its coach why Tech moves off of its coach that the early signing period the the beginning of the next football cycle happens so early now in December that if you're firing your coach late you are just cutting your program off at the knees getting ready for that so the early firings are kind of a foreshadowing of some early hirings there too that teams are trying to make their move quickly for instance uh, what's his name clay helton was hired uh as georgia's southern coach like early november last year so not only did we see you know some firings we saw coaches starting to get hired very early too 
So if you're Auburn, you're making the move, even if the boosters sort of have their handpicked guy in mind, you know, f- you know, next year, whether it be Kevin Steele or Hugh Freeze or whoever it is, you don't want to get too far behind the cycle in doing this. So if you're Auburn, you want to make the move against Harson. You know, doing it soon because some of these programs that have fired coaches may very soon start hiring coaches. And all of a sudden, you're trying to keep up with whether it be established SEC programs or rebooting programs who are getting the jump on you. Just keep that in mind here that the entirety of the football cycle now spends so much quicker than it used to. And the presence of the early signing period is one of the big reasons why on that. And we'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And obviously, when you think about big SEC action, we, of course, make our picks for that each and every Friday around here on a show we call Go With The Flow. You can see it on Friday nights on the Dog Nation video channels. And on Wednesday, courtesy of our friends at MyBookie, we also give you a preview of the games we're going to be picking. These are essentially the biggest games of the weekend, obviously the big SEC games. We'll kind of reach and grab some of the big games nationally there, too. So let me give you a little bit of an early preview from a point spread standpoint and some early thoughts on these games there, too uh vanderbilt at georgia georgia's a 38 point favorite georgia has not been good at home when it comes to these kinds of spreads so if you want to take georgia minus that big of a number you better have a good reason for doing so last week got the cover against auburn but that's almost a touchdown's worth of difference in a spread like that and so so just keep in mind here the closer the number gets to about 40 at home for georgia the more difficulty like a lot of teams have the more difficulty georgia has covering such a big number so shop carefully when it comes to georgia minus a number like 38 tennessee's a seven point home underdog against alabama obviously the huge factor here is whether or not bryce young is playing in this game i think the suspicion is that he probably will so factor that into your discussion obviously quarterback injuries are a big part of the story both last week with kj jefferson being out this week too so operate right now around the assumption that young is playing and then adjust accordingly if not same thing here for mississippi state of kentucky you see the uh, bulldogs about a touchdown favorite six and a half point favorite on the road at kentucky obviously levis didn't play last week and kentucky was not the same team without him i don't think that will levis is very good but he's clearly better than the wildcats backup is so this is another one of those games that how you feel about six and a half here is going to be greatly related to the status of levis and i think these two spreads right now would have you believe that you know my bookie thinks young is playing maybe they think that levis is not but be very careful with these games where, where quarterback injuries are a factor here right now and a couple in the sec where that's true i was actually really surprised at michigan is a six and a half point favorite against penn state outside the sec in the big 10 right now i think the penn state's actually has the look of a pretty good team i don't think that michigan's really been tested at all um my initial suspicion is that penn state goes on the road on saturday and gets a big win there against michigan you know maybe i'll end up finding some reason that my initial suspicion is wrong here but I think a lot of this is setting up for October 29th being a huge game as Penn State hosts Ohio State. And as I said, maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong about that. But my initial thought here is, is that the wrong team is favored in Penn State versus Michigan. But we'll see. We'll see how that eventually plays out. And then finally, we always pick five games on Go With The Flow. And there was some internal debate with me about what our fifth game should be ultimately taking uh, Oklahoma State as TCU in in this spot here as opposed to like say USC Utah 
or you know some of the other games we could have picked in this instance there's a ranked game in the acc this week but honestly i'm kind of bored by that um oklahoma state's been pretty good under mike gundy you saw tcu get another win against kansas on saturday after the blowout win against oklahoma prior to that and back there in fort worth on saturday at uh amon g carter stadium hosting oklahoma state as a four-point favorite are the horn frogs those are my bookie best bets here for this week we'll have more thoughts for you there on friday early lean for me don't feel great about georgia minus 38 do like bama against tennessee um you know the one thing keep in mind with mississippi state is they have played a lot of backup quarterbacks this year they may play one again on saturday so just sort of factor that in because by the way georgia plays mississippi state later on this year and some of the perception around the bulldogs right now is a win that without kj jefferson a texas a&m team without max johnson uh maybe a kentucky without will levis they've played a lot of backup quarterbacks here thus far this year so just sort of keep that in mind as you're making your evaluation there of that game and by the way if you know more about picking games than i do and you probably do go ahead and show how much you know by opening up that brand new account with our friends at my bookie when you do you're gonna get a great benefit just for doing that when you open up your initial uh, deposit my bookie is going to give you a deposit bonus on top of that that means you put in two hundred dollars they'll put in two hundred dollars you have like four hundred dollars in your account right to begin with they'll do this all the way up to a thousand dollars that means you're essentially a winner before you even win your first bet that's how my bookie uh, operates for you taking good care of you after that it's simple you play you win you get paid it's winning season there at my bookie you can bet on just about anything anywhere anytime saturday action sunday action baseball playoffs everything throughout the week our friends at my bookie have it so find my bookie online and then use the promo code dog nation to take advantage of the big sign up bonus so literally let the internet do the work for you just type in my book in your browser boom you'll go right to it when you get there use the promo code dog nation that's all one word spelled the way it's supposed to be d-a-w-g and then you can get the big deposit bonus. And then after that, you're on your way to winning season with our friends at my bookie. And by the way, while I have your attention, let me also remind you that coming up on Friday here on our show, we'll do our big finish presented by the Finish Long Drink. A lot of you are always really cool to share with me all the fun things you're doing with the uh, Finish Long Drink. Some of you doing this, obviously, tailgate season or hanging out, enjoying some patio time. Fall weather so beautiful here around our uh state this time of year so whatever you're doing to finish long ring we want to see that with you coming up on friday so make sure you send that to us and by the way if you've never tried the finish long ring this is a great time to be able to try that there as well if you go to the longdring.com you can uh put in your zip code and find out where you can pick some up golf courses bars restaurants beverage stores so many great places to pick that up whether it's the long drink cranberry or the long drink strong which is eight and a half percent by alcohol by volume long drink zero no carbs no sugar long drink traditional which comes in a blue can has the uh, grapefruit flavor the gin kick all kinds of really fun ways to enjoy the finished long drink and i hope that you will enjoy that today and take a picture of yourself doing that send it to us and we'll feature you on friday as a part of our big finish presented by the finished long drink all right, so as we get ready to wrap up here today, I had a kind of a funny exchange with somebody online yesterday, and I want to make this the uh, subject of our golden shoe today. Of course, the Braves in the playoffs yesterday, and uh, they lost game one against the uh, Phillies. We'll wish the Braves well here in game two. 
uh, this afternoon, kind of getting back going there at Truist Park. And the phrase the Braves are kind of going with right now is sort of like uh, uh, back to battle, obviously after winning the World Series a year ago. And Kent Oliver said with me, hey, I like that slogan. I think back to bark also has a nice ring to it, don't you think? And he asked that to me, and I said, uh, I said, I sure do. And I also like hashtag go for two and 22, which is obviously what we've been kind of pushing around here. And he says he loves that one. He says maybe you can make that a T-shirt with our friends at 7-6 Apparel or something like that. And I said, listen, you never quite know what might be coming down the pike on that because uh, we are big believers that hashtag go for two in 22 is in full effect. And so, Kent, I appreciate you sharing that and being a part of our conversation here today. By the way, lousy, stinking Gators, they're not going for anything right now. All they're going for is more misery. It's been 5,025 days since they have won a national championship. And Georgia back in Jacksonville again. Cocktail party ready to get going 17 days from right now. Georgia beating up on Florida again. You know Eddie the Blind Squirrel loves that. And you know we love it too. We'll see you tomorrow back here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Breda Pest Management. And on the podcast, I'm after the R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down. We'll take your comments here on Twitter at Dog Nation Daily. In the comments section there at dognation.com there as well, you can weigh in on anything that you would uh, like to weigh in on today. Uh, Pete Stoggs checks out of here at dognation.com to say that he thinks that Tennessee lose to Bama by 14 on Saturday and then we should go undefeated if we can get our receivers healthy. Yeah, there's always a bias out there amongst a lot of media voices about the season being interesting. Everybody wants the season to be interesting. And if you're a fan of a certain team, you just want your team to win. And so there's always going to be that confrontation between Georgia fans who just want their team to win and media types who want the season to have a lot of drama and a lot of chaos. And more often than not, the drama and chaos that's at least suggested, if not outright predicted, sometimes it takes place, but sometimes it just sort of doesn't. Like, you know, favorites are favored for a reason, and oftentimes everything falls into place exactly like it's supposed to. And so I don't really see a lot yet from Tennessee that would lead me to believe this isn't very much likely to end with kind of sort of the chalky sort of year that was initially projected. That Bama's going to win the West, that Georgia's going to win the East, that Tennessee is going to go to the whatever bowl that you get to go to for finishing behind those two teams. They may be 10 and 2. I think they legitimately are pretty good. I think that Josh Heupel has actually done really well with that team. I think the, the case for Heupel is this, is that Tennessee shows you that if you don't like your coach, you always have the chance to move up by firing your guy and getting a better guy. If you can afford to pay the buyout, then moving on and trying something new is sort of always worth the shot. I didn't really think that Josh Heupel would be that good of a coach for Tennessee, but he's clearly proven to be better than disgraced former coach Jeremy Pruitt and better than anything that Tennessee's had in quite some time. This was a risk worth taking for the Vols, and they kind of bounced around for a while looking for a coach, but now they've kind of landed on one. And this shows you that the that the maneuverings that Tennessee undertook, they were worth doing. They're in a better position now than they otherwise would have been. But they, um, they're still not quite to that Georgia-Alabama level yet. I don't really see any evidence to suggest they're that close to being that. But they're better than almost anybody else right now, which is not nothing, if you will. Peter Stoddard says, what might the late great rabid dog fan Louis Grizzard say if he was a guest on your show? It's a great question. And I don't know, but what an awesome thing to consider how his perspective would be felt when it comes to this current version of Georgia football. And for someone like me who 
Like my dad, my grandfather, my dad's dad, they were really into like the Louis Grizzard books. I don't know that they you know, necessarily read the column, the AJC very much, things like that. I'm not quite sure. But I remember that oftentimes my dad would give his father like a Louis Grizzard book for Christmas or something like that. And I became very familiar with Grizzard through that. And I always thought it was really cool that you had this very interesting figure who was a big Georgia fan, very clever, very funny. So it's awesome to consider the fact that, you know, a figure like Grizzard who, you know, his words just carried so much weight and was so great at expressing himself. Just such a genuinely funny person. Uh, awesome to think about what he might be saying about these dogs here right now. Peter, that's a, a great question to ask. Uh, Mitt, who I mentioned before, kind of son of the Dog Nation cruise, also weighed in on something else related to yesterday's show. He said, I just finished listening to today's show. By the way, on the subject matter uh, about worrying about the dog, he says, I'm not concerned at all. I'm actually excited because you do not want to peak too early. We know we can throw it and now uh, rbu is back he says it's time to peak in the second half of the year and i think that mitt may be onto something with that very well said and very good stuff for sure so to all of you who weigh in here as a part of our rs andrews podcast cool down we appreciate that we hope you have a great day and if you have a need to maybe get your heating system tuned back up or get that water heater replaced or something goes wrong with your electrical stuff our friends at rs andrews can cover all of that for you you can find them online at rsandrews.com so hope you'll check them out and then i hope you'll check us out Back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Management. We'll look forward to talking to you then, everybody.